0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dallas Comedy Club podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Alou, and I am sitting here today with such a funny human being, such a talented human being, uh, the one and only Dane Robertson. Dane, thank you so much for being here today. Hi,
1: Kim, thank you so much for having me. I'm very glad to be here.
0: I'm so excited to talk to you. I am too. Uh, Dane is an instructor here at DCC uh, with short form and long form. He also performs on Jerry, the DCC staff team, and just sort of pops up all over the place. He's so damn funny and so talented, and I don't know anything about him. Oh, my
1: goodness. Besides what he's
0: revealed, (laughs) and I can't wait for him to reveal more. The truth comes out. (laughs) Here it is. Uh, Dane, I, I obviously am brand new to Dallas, Um, brand new to this community, still getting to know everyone. And I have to say, Uh, back in July or June, one of those months, when we held the -the off-the-wall event here. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, for those of you listening, Dallas Comedy Club, uh, this building used to be Dallas Comedy House, and it was owned by uh, another person, and they unfortunately went bankrupt over the pandemic, and Rosie and Ian, the the founders of DCC, sort of scooped up the lease and and rebranded it. Now it's Dallas Comedy Club. And so over the summer before we officially opened, we held what we called the -the off-the-wall event, where we invited the DCH community to come here, get their old photos and posters and props and costumes um, and come meet. Us because I especially was this weird outsider from New York who yeah, yeah, just yeah. sort of <laughs> rolled up, and everyone was like, Who the fuck is this? <laughs> um, but I remember you coming up to me at the off the wall event, we chat, we sat in a corner and chatted for a very long time, and you were one of the few people who really immediately made me feel so welcome mm-hmm. and not yeah. under a microscope. Everyone else I talked to that night was like, so let's see your deal. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know that this was my interview. Okay, um, here are my credentials. And you were just like I think immediately we just it ended up in a bit of some kind. And yeah, I don't yeah. remember what the bit was, but I just remember walking away going, I really like that guy. Mm-hmm. He really yeah. made me feel good. And I, and now in getting to know you more and playing with you, that is who you are, Dave. It is, yeah.
1: yeah. God,
0: you're so good at making people feel good.
1: So that night was crazy because, first of all, I knew, you know, of course, I knew about who you were uh Ooh, based on the lore well based based on like you know like them announcing that you were going to be hosting the training center and I knew that I had to introduce myself and talk to you because I wanted to teach and all that stuff yeah. and uh so the whole night I was just like scoping out like where when's my when's the right time when's the right chance and then yeah i'm so glad that we had that had that talk and like it, like like you said that was the first time that i had seen a lot of the dch people right um because that's that's like the community coming back to see what dcc was about so yeah. um that was just a really cool night in general and you guys had all the old like photos and stuff for dch people to pick yeah. up so anyway it, it, it was just a very cool yeah like introduction to what dcc was about and uh, getting to see everyone and all that. And meet, meet you, of course.
0: So, well, and yeah, uh, that's what we really wanted for that night to be, was like an opportunity. Obviously come scope us out and like, you know, <laughs> yeah, have lots of stuff it, to go talk shit about. Is with. this
1: place legit or what? <laughs> yeah, um,
0: but it was also like, we knew that for the, that community, because DCH closed over the pandemic, there mm-hmm. was, n- uh, besides that event, maybe never gonna be an opportunity for that community to all come back together. Right in this building before it changed and that's the thing i mean obviously you've seen it we've a lot of stuff has stayed pretty similar but mm-hmm. we've changed the color scheme and things have moved from different rooms and um you know new decorating and all that so it was for us just we wanted to give that to the community so bad mm-hmm. sure. i over the pandemic uh the theater that i work for in new york one of our he, uh, the pit the people's improv theater he had two locations and the main location closed over the pandemic okay yeah. um so i similarly went through the experience of like oh i lost my, my home. Like that was Mm -hmm. my theater. And we were lucky enough where he at least gave us enough notice where we could go in and like get our stuff back and say goodbye to the building before it closed permanently. But, um, yeah, it was just like, I couldn't imagine, taking over this building with them and not giving everyone the opportunity to come in and say goodbye to what they were used to.
1: Yeah, yeah. It it was a really cool transition and and very, very nice of you all to do that because you could have just thrown it out or like the old owner could have just kept it all or whatever, so. Oh
0: my God, how could we throw it away? There were like 80 (laughs) fucking posters of just improvised horror movie. Of just improvised horror movie. Like Tab, I literally handed her a bucket full of posters Mm -hmm. from the old um, horror movie shows. And like so many, like, Pavlov's dogs, there were so many of those. And it's so, like, I didn't know who any of these shows were oh, yeah, or yeah. troops were, mm-hmm. but to see the amount of artwork in boxes and the idea of just tossing it in the dumpster, I was like, this was someone spent hours designing this poster. Mm-hmm. Like this this means something to the co- the community here. So it was like of course we had to do that. To me it was a no brainer. It was like, right. yeah, duh, we have to do this. Well
1: hopefully that showed you all how involved that everybody was and how like eager to get back to it that everybody was as well. So
0: And yeah, they um, really have been. Mm-hmm. There's so many people here. I, I know love it. It's, it's I love great. it. It's great. So okay, so enough about DCH. Okay. Enough yeah, yeah, about yeah, DC. Yeah. I wanna know about Dane. I wanna know. Oh, man. I wanna know yeah. all about Dane. <laughs> mm, <laughs> We're I gonna dig know. deep. Yeah. I'm yeah. about to get this history lesson. All right. What Okay. So let's start off nice. um, A light, a light thing. Not light at all. Okay. What is the earliest comedic memory that you have? Whether it was like watching like dad fart and, and you just thought it was so fucking funny or um, just like one of those moments where you're like, man, I, that was like one of the first times I remember like really laughing
1: at something. well, yeah. I mean, the very earliest memory and like the one of my biggest inspirations for comedy was Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Um, which was such a dumb movie to like idolize, but oh, when um, he
0: comes out of the rhino's butt, yeah, I mean, come yeah. on, now it's great.
1: All of the quotes, all of the antics, I just like latched onto that immediately, and so that's that was sort of my style as like a, an early you know elementary middle school kid um is just being, yeah just, just it's, it's like a little Jim Carrey walking around yeah <laughs> yeah which Aww. uh which, which was fun but uh, in, in terms of what you're specifically asking like one of the earliest uh, memories that I have with my family is we're all just sitting around having dinner and my dad's talking about like some type of pest control thing and then I I, I start doing the Terminator voice but like the Terminator. <laughs> Uh, and so that, like like getting that feedback of like, I can be fun and I can be funny around people and like, they can enjoy it. That's where it started. I think
0: that first little taste of, of the drug (laughs) that is comedy, like, "Mm, no, 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 I like that.
1: And now I've been seeking validation ever since. (laughs) (laughs) We all are. We all are. Uh,
0: so then, so this kind of leads into my next question. Is there a particular moment that you can point to in your life where you were like, I'm going to do comedy. Like it stands out as like the moment where you're like, I have to do this, even if it's not the thing that pays my bills, Mm -hmm. even if it's something I only ever do for fun. It's just like that moment where you're like, I have to have this thing in my life.
1: Sure. uh, For me, it wasn't one moment, but it's like a gradual evolution. So where I really got my performance roots is in high school speech and debate. Uh, oh, shit. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is, uh, I, I just sort of walked into this world pretty blindly, didn't really know what I was getting into, but a lot of my friends were in it, so I figured it'd be fun to try out. And I ended up doing an event called Humorous Interpretation. Um, Did they make this just for you? No, no, no. <laughs> it's uh, it, its a well-established, and this was in high school in Florida, where speech and debate is actually like a pretty competitive big deal, where you go around to different tournaments around the state mm-hmm. and even around the country, they have like national tournaments. But anyway, humorous interpretation was like, you're basically performing like a short story by yourself and you're doing all the characters, you're doing all the dialogue and all the actions and mm-hmm. walking around and stuff. Uh, and it's, it's about 10 minutes long or so. And uh, for example, I, I remember my most famous kind of piece from that was a, a uh, infomercial about Canada. Okay. And so I would, I would be like the infomercial presenters and then they would cut to like hockey players and cut to like these other kind of characters and stuff. And a maple
0: leaf, a moose. I don't yeah. Know, what just else? like Canada. other, other stuff.
1: And getting to, to perform that was super fun. I, I, I had a lot of fun, like coming up with the actions and the voices. It, 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 none of this makes sense outside of the context of the speech and debate world. It's but wonderful. In, in the, in the moment. So I did it, I did that for three years and, uh, was was wonderful i like i part of the reason why i think i ended up teaching comedy is because when i went back to when i was a senior like i did i like performing fine but i liked helping out like the ninth and tenth graders you know get their stuff together as they're trying it for the first time so that's uh sort of my introduction to like mentorship in yeah. um, comedy which was which was really cool so
0: Damn, that's I, it's so funny. You're de- you're not the first person now who's ha- who has roots in like debate or speech, mm-hmm. um, and then ha- kind of transitioned into to comedy and th- this weird world we're all in. Sure. Um, I, I just find that funny that there's a lot of similarities. It seems at least for for folks down in Dallas that mm-hmm. that that's where it started. I was on, I think it was debate. Okay. I just remember <laughs> I only joined because it was the year that um, uh, Sarah Palin was running with McCain. Okay. And everyone was like, Kim, you look like Sarah Palin. Oh, okay. And so I was like, so obviously I have to join debate and my yes. whole shtick will just be Sarah Palin mm-hmm. being the debate person. And that's what I did and my debate team hated me.
1: Because okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, this is just acting, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is a comedy show.
1: Cool. And they're like, we're discussing like, economics. We're,
0: we're trying to like solve the world hunger problem. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can see Russia over my house. Uh, and yeah, just making such a mockery of it. Yeah. And my team hated me so much. Um You that, sounded like you took it very seriously.
1: That is the debate part of speech and debate, which I was not a part. Of. I was part of the speech, the, the cool, cool, cool kids. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, see, you were the
0: cool kids. You were the cool kids. I was the one mucking it up for the kids who took it too seriously. Um, yeah, excellent. So, so you know i I want to hear then like I love the fact that that sort of set you up as a mentor a teacher, mm-hmm. right yeah, so when when did you? take like your first comedy class like yeah, when did so you start improv
1: we can we can keep it going with yeah. uh, um, while well, well, i was at uh, my undergraduate degree in tampa at usf i um took a solo performance class which was great uh so i sort of refined my skills there and i started doing stand-up on the open mic scene in tampa no yeah. Way. yeah yeah true story because you don't um, do stand-up anymore right no i have not done it since then uh <laughs> <laughs> why i, I so... have to know why <laughs> But uh, there's several reasons why. Okay. First of all, again, I had no formal training whatsoever. I just like liked writing jokes. I thought it was funny. I was like 19, and I came across some of my material recently. Oh,
0: no. It's
1: so bad. It's can,
0: I, can we do a night where we revisit our old stand-up sets from when we thought we could be stand-up? <laughs>
1: it's so bad.
0: It's so bad. Oh, it's I exactly
1: it. what you think like a 19-year-old would write about. Um, <laughs> Keggers,
0: <laughs> am I right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: pretty much. Pretty much. Um, it was so bad. But I, I did like uh, getting out there. And like I, that's when I was the most nervous about like performing and all that stuff. Yeah. Because I, I just had no idea what I was doing. But And then fast forward a few years, I'd moved away from Tampa. I, I didn't do any open mics or improv or anything like that. Um, eventually made my way to Dallas. And when I first moved here, I didn't really know anyone. I have no family or friends here. And so I was like to meet people, I should see what local comedy place, like, has in store, uh, which was Dallas Comedy House back yeah. in 2016. And once I realized that they had sort of specialized in improv, they had had a few more resources there, then I decided to give improv a shot. And ever since then, I, yeah, I've just been completely involved, engrossed mm-hmm. as yum. much <laughs> as I can get. I, I really, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's given so much for me. And so there is a point where I feel like I need to give back as well.
0: Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, and so then, so when did you... So, obviously, you went through, like, all six levels when Mm. DCH was around, I assume, right? Yeah. Did you ever study anywhere else out of curiosity, or was it only – were you, like, a born-and-bred Dallas performer – or Dallas improviser, rather?
1: Uh, Born-and-bred Dallas improviser, yeah. Yeah. I've taken a few classes around Dallas um, at different places, but I found it at least better to stay involved with one organization so I could sort of work my way up the ladder. Yeah, because that's kind of how it works, weirdly enough. Like, all
0: improv houses – Are exactly the same. Where it's Mm. like you start at level one, you go through the program, and you you make a house team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, House team for a while. Then maybe you TA, and then you teach, and then maybe if you you're really lucky, they move you into some sort of like showrunner producer spot in the admin office. But really, nine times out of ten, you you stop at teacher. Yeah,
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just kept getting more and more involved there. I did pretty much exactly like you said. I was like, <laughs> I was teaching <laughs> assistant. Um, one cool thing, and I know we've talked about this before, is I helped co-run the student lottery program yes. there, um, which basically just like had a random selection of students and and instructors and TAs and things like that to perform on stage together once a week, and that was incredibly rewarding. Not only to perform in because you got to work with like students and things like that, but also to organize so that I could put students together with teachers on stage in like a very easygoing, carefree environment uh, yeah. for th- for students to get stage time, which uh, I think is really important.
0: So important, and it's
1: it's t- it, 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 even at jams, it's tough for them to like. Uh, especially if you're a brand new student, to go up to a teacher and be like, I want to like do a scene with you. Yeah. It's scary. That's it's like, it's so <laughs> yeah, scary yeah. to be
0: like, because for a lot of students, and I'm sure you felt this when you first started doing improv, like you'd go to these shows, like the house team shows or just like the Friday, Saturday night headliner shows, mm-hmm. and you're like, you watch these gods on yeah, stage, yeah. is what it feels like. You're like, I could never be this good they're so they're like otherworldly they're yeah. so funny they're so fast they're so smart and so then you like you show up to a jam and you're like oh my god i'm in dane robertson's group i'm gonna go throw up backstage yeah. I, there's no way i could do a scene with him and it's like when you do a show like a student lottery show it is it's so important to show them like yeah no you can do this mm-hmm. you got this for sure yeah for anyone
1: out there please do scenes with me yes i will do scenes with you dane all day is so yeah. supportive y'all um
0: <laughs> truly though but it's like it is, it's, it's, it's like when you make it to those main stage shows there, it's almost like you're famous in a very specific community. And it's so weird to think of it that way. Um, because I mean, my face
1: is on the wall. I know (laughs) his
0: face is on the wall folks, but it is, it's like, it's, you feel like I've I've, I've made it like in this world. But at the end of the day, we are all just people Mm -hmm. who enjoy making other people laugh and enjoy playing with each other. And, I mean, if that was a big step for me, at least when I was coming up through improv Mm -hmm. this past decade. But it's like any theater you go to, you always have that feeling of, oh, there's no one as good as that person. And then the second you can get over that feeling, I feel like you make the biggest breakthroughs as a performer. Um, So all you little babies out there, like you got this. You're funny. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. You're just as good as anyone you're watching on that stage. You just haven't honed your skill quite yet. And Kim,
1: I'll take you one step further on that one, too. (laughs) Oh, no. I I love performing, don't get me wrong. But for me, the magic does happen in the classroom. Yeah. uh, 100%. I love teaching and helping, like... People with their own comedy more than anything
0: so then that's gonna, um, that's a nice transition yeah, moment for us yeah. Then, so dane is an instructor here at dcc he's been hired to teach short form and uh long form improv um and i want i want you to talk a little bit about the difference between short and long form first and foremost because i think that's a distinction that not enough people really understand sure Um, So, just speak to that. What do you find to be the biggest differences between a short form show and a long form show?
1: Okay, well, just to start off, obviously, short form is is more or less like playing a series of quick games, whether they're involved, it's usually more heavy on audience interaction um, in order to get people active and involved, and it's very fast paced. Um, whereas long form, you're once again, just like developing a story and trying to get people to buy in and be relatable and things like that. Um, really sink their heart into it rather than short form. You're just kind of there for the joke. It's whose line yeah, is it yeah. anyway? That's what I tell you. I'm like, yeah. short
0: form is whose line? Like, do you want to know right. the difference? It's that. And then long form is like, yeah, I don't, it's, it's, you, there's nothing it's to, like to compare it to. Yeah. <laughs> it's its own art. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. So then when you go in to like teach a long form or short form. Honestly, like let's focus on long form a little bit because that's obviously like where a lot of the focus is for an improv show. When you go see an improv show at DCC or I think a lot of the improv places around here, it is Mm -hmm. a big focus on long form improv. Um, You know, when you have a, a student in your class who's trying to tackle this, whether it be the first time or the hundredth time that they're in class working on a long form scene, what is something that you like to focus on first and foremost? What is the big lesson that you want students to take away when they're with you in class?
1: I think the biggest lesson that I could give is um, to try to be authentic and be like relatable. Uh, I think back to this is such a dumb reference, but the opening scene of Office Space. Yeah. Um, when oh. he's driving in the it, it, when he's driving in traffic and the lane next to him is speeding by, so he changes lanes, and then that one stops, and then the lane next to him by. is driving. Yeah. Yep. Like everybody's been there, and that's why that's funny. That's that's not inherently funny for like any other reason besides like oh god of course when I change yeah. lanes like it goes over, and so trying to translate that to like an improv stage in long form. I think that's really important to be able to get people to basically say in the audience, like I've been in your situation before and now I can laugh about it because like you're going through all these crazy antics or whatever. Yeah, um, But that that's how people, I, I think that's how people buy into an improv scene. Um, is by being like, this is real. I can again, I can relate to this.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you find that um, do you think that it's newer students or students who've been involved with improv for a while that that hit that, how do I phrase this? Like the who who tries to be funny? more. Do you think it's newer students that come in and they're like I got I got bits, I got jokes. I'm bit bit bit, joke joke joke. Or do you find that people who have been doing it a little bit longer, you almost run into it even more with them because they've like exhausted their uh relatability, oh, <laughs> you sure, know what sure, I mean?
1: Yeah. It's funny. I I think that the way that you phrase that, I think that uh, a lot of people go in not really knowing what to expect because they do want bits and jokes and stuff. But it's not all about that for long form. Right. For short form. Oh,
0: it's bits on bits. Yeah,
1: we got we got a lot going on there. But uh, the, the later students in long form, they tend to like just get in their own head. I know you you've probably taught classes of people who've been doing improv for like four to six months and you just see them after a scene and they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. I shouldn't have. Always. I should have done, like, all this other stuff. And I'm like, dude, calm down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, because I think there's, um, you know, I, I've said this a couple of times now, but it's like there are some people out there who take it so seriously. Mm-hmm. And it is important to take your art seriously. Absolutely. But, like, y'all, this is the dumbest funnest thing you could do as a human being oh, is sure. improv yeah. like do yeah. not like it is a chance for you to go back to being a little kid and just play make-believe for mm-hmm. 20 to 50 minutes on stage or however long your class is but you find people who are like you can watch them like on the sidelines like working and i'm like yeah yes, <laughs> stop working yeah. so yeah. hard just mm-hmm. be there listen the thing that runs through my head personally whenever I'm on the sidelines is how can I support this? That's mm-hmm. the one thing running through my head always. How can I support this? Is there anything like a mantra that you kind of check into with yourself if you ever feel like you're in your head? Because that's the thing I say. If I'm like in my head, I just go, well, how can I support this?
1: I would say if uh, – like for me, I, I, I almost think of like a ready stance, like a tennis player. Yeah. Like with their – you know, they're bouncing back and forth, and they don't know what's coming next because like – They don't know where the shot's going to go, but wherever they go, they're ready to react and, like, do that. So I just go back to that point of um, just being ready for anything. If there's something that I need to contribute, obviously, to move, like, the scene forward, then I'll I'll put something forth. And especially using physicality is, like, a huge way to do that. It doesn't matter. You don't have to talk. You can just do stuff. And then kind of sit in it uh, and see see, see what happens. comes to you, yeah.
0: It's funny you say that because um one of my favorite scenes that I've done with you is when, uh, it was a Jerry show pretty recently where I stepped out and I just started reaching up and you came yeah. behind me and also started reaching and then Tab came on and it turned into like us being your two kids arguing about like who you liked more and it, yeah. w- it yeah. was, I think we just said the same, like, three lines over and over again. Like, but who do you like more? But oh, which, one's yeah. <laughs> which one's your favorite? Which one's your favorite? But it got so physical that the audience was rolling. And I love – because when I stepped out for that, I, in my mind, I was, like, reaching for an apple. Mm-hmm. I had nothing beyond that. Right. And, you know, I found that those are the best scenes. Like, just – you've got a half idea. Mm-hmm. Trust your teammates to take it all the way. Um, and I, I at least noticed it a lot with newer students where – my God, they feel like they have to have the whole scene figured out before they step out. And it's like, no, it's worse when you do that. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say is your, your philosophy when it comes to comedy? And that's a very broad question, it so is. you can take <laughs> yeah. it as okay. broad or specific as you want. But if you had to, like, sum up what is Dane Robertson's philosophy on comedy, what would it be? Well, this
1: is funny because uh, it, back in, in college, again, I ended up, like, writing a paper about comedy oh, um, where, like, part of it was I, I, I tried to define it, uh, which is very hard to do. Yeah. But what it, what it came down to is, is two things, and it's either fulfilling expectations or subverting expectations. And both of those things can be equally funny in in different situations. So improv tends to lend itself towards subverting expectations, mostly because you don't know what's coming next. So, like, you know, if if somebody, like, sees a banana peel on the ground and, like, a guy, like, walking very happily, you know, you're kind of, like, know what's coming next. But if... He's just, if you see the banana on the ground, he's walking very happily, and then, like, a bus come by, comes by and, like, smacks <laughs> him. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, yeah. that's that throws you off. You're like, I was expecting this, but then this happened. So yeah. I don't really know where I'm going, <laughs> going with this. But that's, uh, I, if I were to define comedy, that's, like, what it would come down to for me. Um, and improv uses the subverting expectations because you don't know what's coming. So.
0: Right. So so how do you teach that? Like that and I know that's a loaded question and you don't even have to have an answer. But that's that is a great summation of what comedy is. And it's, you know, I I think improv is for everyone. Anyone can do this Mm -hmm. if they just try it.
1: Um, First, real quick, that's the craziest thing about whenever you bring this up to, like, your friends or whatever. They're they're like, oh, I could never do that. I'm not funny enough. I'm
0: like, that's good, actually. (laughs) We would prefer you to get involved here. Because there's too many people who get into it because they're like, my friends tell me I'm so funny. And Mm -hmm. those are the ones that show up to class that are like, I've got material. I've got jokes prepared. Mm -hmm. Every line is a one-liner instead of just being present present in the moment with yeah. their scene partner. And, um, and there are
1: places for those people too. Like that's what exactly yes. what sketch comedy, like coming up with characters and stuff. Get stand yeah. up,
0: yeah. Um, short form even. Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's where you go live. But like long form is not that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I think it is for more like, sure. Like actors, maybe oh, if you're an actor, go get into long form because you're <laughs> yeah. going to love it. But also like the normal person who. Just wants to remember what it's like to be a little kid again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just take, just take an improv class. But how do you teach someone that that idea of of uh, subverting expectations? Like, how do you how do you really like? What would be the first lesson or game you would play with a student to like ooh, to oh. get that? As I punch the <laughs> table to get them to sort of latch onto that idea.
1: I honestly have no idea. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my which god. Is, which, which is great, but um, like the. I, I, I think it's – again, this all go for me goes back to, like, the being authentic and being relatable mm-hmm. and being – just like you said, if you're not trying to be funny, then it's, like, is more naturally funny. Yes. Because you're doing whatever you're doing instead of, like, trying to make jokes or whatever. So, yeah. I, I, I walked myself into a hole that I can't dig out of because well, I'm
0: – Well, because I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking, like, oh, what would be, like, a game – I think maybe, like, a new choice, even though that is technically a short-form game. Mm-hmm. Like – I think that's a good way to really get people, like, don't question your your weird idea, even if it doesn't make sense. Just do it, right? Yeah, that
1: is a great example because it throws the scene in completely different directions all the time. Yeah. And so you have to adjust and adapt based off of that compared to, to a normal scene.
0: Right. Do you have a moment that, like, when you were teaching that stood out as, like, a very fulfilling moment as an instructor or a performer where you're just like, that was fulfilling as- Fuck. like, oh, God, that I I got through to that person mm-hmm. and I never thought I would or, or whatever it is.
1: It's really cool to teach um, people who are later in the program because then, like, after seeing scene, they'll start critiquing themselves and they'll start, like, having these ideas formed themselves. Mm-hmm. And that means that the program's been working up to that point because although they are a little bit in their heads at that moment, um, they're recognizing, like, what they want to be doing and what they need to be doing. And that means that, like... They're understanding it, which is that's rewarding to me to know that like you can work on something yourself rather than me telling you what what's wrong.
0: Right. I um, mean, it's so funny. Yeah. When you get to those later levels, you like the students are also kind of their own teacher mm -hmm, at that point. For For, you hope you hope that they're understanding things well enough where they can finish the scene and be like, you know, you don't even have to say it. I know. I know. Sorry. (laughs) I shouldn't have done. (laughs) I was negating. Like you know, they can immediately jump into it. Do you have a favorite moment on stage? Do you have, like, a a scene that sticks out in your brain of, like, that was the most fun I've ever had on stage? Well,
1: so there there are, I mean, tons of, like, memories that have been lost in the ether. Because it's so funny to try to remember an improv show after you do it. You just have no idea what happened. You black out. And that's how you
0: know it was a good show. Yeah,
1: exactly. you black out. (laughs) Well, that also means that you're, like, focused, like an athlete. Like, you're in the zone kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, I mean, there is video of me, like, coughing up snot on one of my teammates one time. Wonderful. Uh, one of my favorite memories on stage, and it's funny because it's not an improv stage, but mm-hmm. it's because of my experience with improv. I used to host a lot of uh, short form comedy shows. Yeah, and the the basically somebody came to the Dallas Comedy House looking for talent uh, for hosting, and so I ended up. Uh they, they reached out to me about hosting an event. And I said, sure, that's fine. Turned out to be a concert at Clyde Warren Park, mm-hmm. which is a huge park right in the middle of Dallas. And there was about 2,000 people there. And they, there were these three musical artists. And I was super nervous and uh, ended up, like, yeah, introducing all these people. And then the special guest of the, the concert was Vanilla Ice. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love this.
1: <laughs> so I've introduced Vanilla Ice at a, at a concert before, all because of hosting short-form comedy. Yeah, um, which I, I just never thought that that would um, translate. Ha- yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I really felt like I was using improv while I was hosting that concert. Because, oh yeah. Um, I had to. You know, while there was information that I needed to get out for each of the artists, like I needed to have stage presence, I needed to make sure that I was projecting and presenting myself well and getting all the information out there. So
0: and kill, fill time if needed, yeah, right? Because yeah, like yeah. you know, someone's running late, you got to <laughs> make sure that they, you're not announcing someone before they're ready to hit the stage. Like I completely get that.
1: Yeah. yeah. What do
0: you? What, what is your real life job? Out of curiosity, that's not this building. Sure. So yeah. I, I, I. I mean,
1: up until recently, I worked at a forensics laboratory. Wow. Um. With Basically, analyzing blood and breath for DWIs uh, driving under wow. the in Texas. Yeah. And uh, now I, I make training materials for forensic laboratories. So I work from home. But the, the main translation that I've had with improv and this job, because they're obviously vastly different, yeah. or at least when I was working in the lab, I had to testify in court.
0: Oh, so you're like on the stand? You I was really an expert have to witness. like. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah,
1: yeah, for toxicology. Oh man, I um, want to
0: go into like a whole other podcast now like, what's the craziest shit you've seen in court?
1: I mean, it, there is, it's, I've seen it all basically. I, oh, I testified man. maybe 40 or 50 times, um, Wow! but uh, just the fact of like, that is the ultimate not knowing what's coming next yeah. when, it, when it, you're being questioned by a defense attorney about a certain case. So I've got all my stuff prepared and I've just got to absol- I've got to listen to every word that they say and really take it in and then give the best answer that I can give.
0: Man, that's um, why you're such a good improviser.
1: I, I like to think that that helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, the, and the big reason I ask that question is because a big uh, one of the biggest things I'm trying to convey with every episode of this podcast is that, like, you don't have to be, like, an actor to do this. You don't oh, have yeah, to be a yeah. comedian mm-hmm. to do this. You can have a, a normal person. You can be a normie, and you can walk in this building, and you can do this just as well as – an actor does yeah, it. Yeah, um, Probably better. Um,
1: <laughs> That's what I love about classes is that, like, people walk in. It doesn't matter what kind of day you had, what kind of week you're having, who you are, where you're coming from. You walk into a class and, like, you have all the other people who are in the same boat. And you're just there to do improv. And nothing else matters for that time together. You can and just have fun. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Ugh. All right, I'm gonna do a hard shift now into hard some shift. goofy questions. Okay, goofy, goofy, okay. goofy questions. Woo! All right. All right. Oh, shake uh, it yeah, out, we Shake it That was so great. Holy crap! I really we got to do a whole other episode where we just talk about your court cases. There's a lot going. And, on. Oh my <laughs> god. Um, okay. If you could insert yourself into any TV show or movie in history, which would ace it be? True. Well, <laughs>
1: wow. But you're not <laughs> Ace. You're I'm just dying. in the movie. Oh, I'm just. Okay, That's okay, the whole thing. Like,
0: so you're just like you're not taking over a character. You are. Are just another character in this world that okay. exists. Um, which which would it be? I mean, maybe Stelace Ventura.
1: Uh, that's tough. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to do a soft shift into yeah. <laughs> something very similar. Okay. Um, the world of Dumb and Dumber, to be another Dumber... Like to dumb, be the dumber, third, uh, and dumbest. dumbest. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're dumbest. I love it. I love we it. We all
1: we all know the sequel didn't go too well, but
0: uh... Uh, damn, that's a good <laughs> answer.
1: But uh, yeah, just the dynamic between those two was was very special.
0: That's what I'm going to um, name this episode: "Dumb, Dumber, and, and dumbest, dumbest" with yeah. Dane Robertson. Um, yeah, great world. Great mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Um, what a fun choice. You're the first person I think that I've talked to who's picked a movie and not a TV show. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. everyone else. Oh, that's not true. Xavier picked Batman,
2: okay. <laughs> which yeah, was that's really a, yeah, fucking cool. Legit, that was a good but... answer. Um,
0: okay, if, uh, if if you had to pick a song that was like your intro, like every time you walked into a room, this song would play as like your intro song, what okay. would the
1: song be? You are going to laugh. <laughs>
0: I can't wait. I can't wait. It.
1: it, uh, it I don't know the exact title. Um, but it's Bach, BWV one thousand four. What pre- Preludio.
0: Okay, um, I'm this, not laughing. This is a new fun fact that I. This just learned is my about you. favorite
1: classical song of all time. I am a I am a fan of classical music. Same. I
0: I, I love Vivaldi. Huge yeah. Vivaldi. Oh, fan. he was
1: such a friggin' rock star. Oh dude. man. But uh, yeah, I recently learned how to play this on piano over um, quarantine. Uh, that was kind of my quarantine project, and. Uh, it's just my favorite classical song of all time. And uh, it's just so, so cool. So that's my theme song. Are you
0: playing on Jerry tonight?
1: I can. Can you? you
0: cuz we've got we we actually had a couple of people drop out last minute oh, yeah, if you yeah. want to hang here. out yeah. Yeah. yeah okay so tonight um this is going to be so dated for the podcast but uh cuz we have Jeff on tonight and his piano is going to be there can yeah. you please just start a scene playing i'm begging you he's like no do not put me on the spot so i
1: like i first of all yeah I, I have a lot of trouble playing in public like all Damn, i do is practice really? at home and when i play in front of people i get so nervous yeah um and it, you know my like, I, yeah i just shake up but um we'll i can't see. wait to we'll listen see. to
0: this piece i'm like so excited yeah. to, to yeah. check this one out my i, I love claire de lune i will mm-hmm. like i will just put it on and take a bath and just on repeat my boyfriend from the next room was like i'm begging you i put on vivaldi anything yeah. <laughs> t- turn off claire de lune no ding, too beautiful yeah. yeah it's so nice anyway good answer mm, very very yeah. unexpected i like that a lot do you consider yourself a lucky person
1: that's a good question. I, I would say no. No! Whoa!
0: <laughs> well, okay. You're the um, first no I've gotten.
1: I don't know. I don't know. It's this. That's a very tough question to answer. Yeah. I'm actually going to take it back. I, I say, <laughs> <laughs> because I feel very lucky to be in the position that I'm in to be able to sure. help all these people. Absolutely. And like, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and be a part of this community, so. Uh, All right, that's. Fair. I don't. Well, oh God! Why did I say no? Now I have to. Yeah. Like, well, now I'm like <laughs> I, I want to unpack analyze. that. Yeah, like, yeah. what what
0: happened today? Are yeah, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, if you had to choose uh, a title today, what would the title of your autobiography or your Netflix special
1: be? Do you play basketball? Great. Sure. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs>
0: Um, And for those of you, obviously, this is an audio only podcast. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, Dane, Dane is a very tall man. Mm -hmm. It is, I'm sure, the first thing people say to you all the time. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I've sort of gotten different uh, attitudes towards that over the years. Like, it used to be kind of fun when I was like a kid and growing up because I was like, oh, I'm so cool and popular because I'm tall.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And then
1: it got like really annoying because it's just the same thing over and over again. But now I'm realizing that like, it's... For a lot of people, it's it's a way to be approachable, mm-hmm. um, and it's their it's their way of saying like I want you know I want to talk to you or I want to hear your story kind of thing. So that I've come around a, to that's
0: it. that's a very positive way yeah. to to look at it. Well, um. you
1: have to or else it does get old. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine.
0: Um, I you know I I'll throw my mom under the bus right now. I love my mom, but she is like. She has no concept of what it is to like think of another person before she opens her mouth. Sure. So like, I think one of the first things she said to you was like, "You're the tallest oh, yeah. man I've ever <laughs> seen." Yeah, yeah. This like Jersey thick Jersey accent. She's drunk from being here t- since sure. four p.m. But like, you know, she does that a lot. Mm-hmm. Where like, um, Diane and do you know Jazz here? Jazz and, I, yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. So they lo- they're pretty similar. They have the little poofy mm-hmm. hair and and like my mom was like. They're the same person. I'm like, Mom, shut up. Stop. Um, So I I can imagine it is really irritating um, at times Mm -hmm. where it's just like, I am more than my height. You know, like, like 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 Diana's like, I'm more than my poofy hair, you know? Um, Yeah. So uh, I will try to never comment on your height again. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh,
1: But that would, yeah, that would be for sure be the title. Do you play basketball?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what are three pieces of art, whether it be like a book, movie, TV show, documentary... Uh, an at physical piece of art, anything, music that you would recommend that new comedy students consume?
1: These I'm excited about. Oh, I'm excited I, I, I to hear a lot them. Of time, uh, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. And my first one, it's two podcasts and one one movie. Great.
0: I'm going to write them down. because sure. I want to, I, at the end, um, in the description of this podcast, you'll be able to see these recommendations and I'll try and put links to them as well. So oh, that perfect. way uh, folks can check them out.
1: Okay. So the first one is called the Backline Podcast. Okay. Um, and this is a, a long-form improv, mostly long-form improv compass by two uh, Canadian improvisers. Right. And uh, they talk about everything. They've got, like, over, I think, 200 episodes, uh, everything from classes to auditions to performing on stage, audience interaction, team dynamic, traveling, like...
0: Hell yeah. Anything
1: you can think of throughout any part of your journey of an improv career, um, they've got an episode about it, and they talk about it. And they because they their experience, like, they have insight of how they went through it. They share some of their journey as well as like they know about the people in their community, what that was like. Um, so I, I, I've gone through a lot of their episodes um, and I highly recommend that for literally anyone at any stage. I'm going to check it out. I've be. never
0: heard this yeah. one and I've listened to a lot of com- <laughs> like improv and comedy podcasts. I've not heard of The Backline so I'm excited to Yeah, I, I, so. I honestly
1: have no idea how I found it but uh, I'm Happy Happenstance, I yeah, love it, yeah. yeah. The second podcast is called Punk Asked, Puncast? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's spelled P U N K A S S -S E D. Love Um, it, love it. You can kind of see where they're going on this one. Yep, yep. So these are our two brothers um, who, and this I don't think is in syndicate or is in recording anymore. Okay, Um, but they started um, a pun podcast to help prepare themselves for a pun competition. Um, Wow! And so just a little bit of. Well, I, I guess we can get in, into that in a, in a little no, bit. No, no, yeah, you can get into it um, right no, no. now. <laughs> let, me, let me work my way in. So uh, I, I I don't know. Again, I have no idea how I came across this, but once I got on, I was hooked. So they, they do everything from, like, breaking down puns to playing pun games. Uh, and it eventually evolves into the, into them just, like, playing a bunch of pun games because um, they're trying to prepare themselves for this, this competition. Mm. Um, and so I started listening to it, and I was super into it. And then I came across the competition, and I applied, and I performed in 2019 in the National O. Henry put Off Competition. What? Yeah. Did you win? I don't think you knew. Did this. you win? I did not know uh, this. This I got, blew my mind. I got 17th place. There are there are there are two categories. Okay. One of them is a prepared category where you have 90 seconds to write a script. With, I mean, mine had like forty-five puns in it. It was (laughs) dense. Um, It was a. uh, This is on YouTube somewhere, by the way. I can't. I have Uh, to do so much googling. (laughs) Oh my god! Um, But uh, I was an old retired poker dad, and my puns were about getting old. Um, So I, I had, you know, the just excellent words like octogenarian worked in there, beneficiaries all over the place. Just excellent aging words. And uh, that's the one that got 17th place. I mean, there was only, like, 34 people in there. But, that's very uh, impressive. Yeah,
0: yeah. You beat out a lot of people. This
1: is also performed in front of, like, 500 people. That's so, so
0: <laughs> crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's in, it's in uh, Austin every year. It's really funny.
0: Wow.
1: But,
0: uh, I want to go. The
1: other, the other category... It was super hard, but it's it's short form style where you're given a topic and you have to go head to head with someone and make a pun within five seconds. You go back and forth until someone's eliminated.
0: That reminds me of that short form game. That's like, um, ugh, you know, I, I saw a movie about trees and it was terrible. How terrible was it? Mm-hmm. I had to leave.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like that. Right. It, exactly. Yeah. Those except on the fly. Uh, my topic. For I was uh, I was up against a very experienced person. My topic was vision, okay, which was tough. Yeah. Um, I, I made it through a few back-and-forth rounds with him, and I, I had some pretty good ones, I think. I, I remember using rods and cones. Sometimes. Oh, shit. And I, I know one of my signature ones was corny, uh, like corny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is just low-hanging fruit, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he did he did beat me out on that one. He, he, he You know, he went on to do pretty well, but uh, that was cool. It just overall, uh, such a cool experience to interact with comedy like that. Writing my... 90 seconds is some of the most fun that I've ever had, like, interacting with comedy, so.
0: I love that, and I love mm-hmm. that you only discovered it because of this random podcast that you stumbled upon. Yeah, like, so that I, is I guess so we can shift that there.
1: Um, they, get, they kept it going for a while. I mean, they, they've they got at least uh, about 100 episodes or so as well. Yeah. And for anyone interested in puns or short-form games and things like that, they really break down, like, how they think about things which I think is really important in short form is knowing the process because there is method behind the madness. This doesn't come out of nowhere. Yeah, You have to know how to do like word association and crafting jokes on the fly and sentence structure and all that stuff. Yeah. I need to Um, listen to
0: this podcast because as you remember from our Thunderdome show, I am (laughs) useless when it comes to the pun part of the show. I'm like, Oh, I got, I can come up with one thing and I'm gonna spend the whole time thinking about it. Yeah,
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I'm a huge pun enthusiast in general, so uh, if if anybody has any, if if you ever want to talk about puns with me, I'll, I'll
0: I'm going to take so. you up on it for yeah. sure. Um, what's your third?
1: My third one is is the movie Don't Think Twice. Um, oh, great, I love movie. this movie um, because it, it it it's one of the most like accurate modern representations of of a long form improv team. Yep. Obviously, not everybody. I, I mean, I guess I don't want to spoil too much, but. Um, Not everybody goes through the things that that teams go through, but it it shows you just a really cool glimpse of like what it's like to be backstage, uh, but right before a show, like seconds before a show. That's like, they capture it perfectly. I think Uh, the feeling of what it's like to be on a team and form a team together. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's not always pretty either. We, you know, between team members and all that. So it's, I, I just thought it was a really cool movie. Um, And I was able to connect with it really well.
0: Man, how many teams – this is so – not has nothing to do with anything. But, I mean, I've been on so many teams where, like, it fell apart because two of the members started dating, and it got so messy. And I'm (laughs) like (laughs) – Stop dating your teammates. Yeah. I know they're funny. There's a you're, reason you're, you're, you're on a team the yeah. with them. I <laughs> yeah. get it. They're funny. You have fun on stage. You're around each other constantly. Mm-hmm. Do not date your teammates. <laughs> Don't do it. You're going to ruin the fucking team, guys.
1: There's a lot to learn in, the, in oh, this industry. Yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, we're going to shift to uh, the the next segment. This is called First Thought, Best Thought. Oh, God. First Thought, Best Thought. So this is, I <laughs> want one word answers only okay. if possible. Um, if you need to expand, feel free. Um, but in one word, First Thought, Best Thought, what is your idea of misery? Clouds. <laughs> what is your idea of pure bliss?
1: The light that shines through the clouds. <laughs>
0: It's a real, like, you're finding that silver lining yeah. immediately. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Uh, what or who is your biggest inspiration?
1: Uh, my dad. Nice.
0: Nice. What is your biggest vice?
1: Not sleeping well. Yes. <laughs> <I guess. laughs>
0: uh and a shame for you because that's improv yeah <laughs>
1: there's a lot of yeah. late yeah. ass nights
0: um do you ask for permission or for forgiveness oh,
1: permission 100 percent. wow okay yeah. all right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i can feel that i can feel
0: that um and then what one word best describes you and your brand of comedy
1: i might i can't I think about this one for yeah. a, sec? this yeah, yeah, take this a second this yeah, is yeah i know this, this is, is a heavy yeah, one this, this is a big, big one yeah. it's like oh shit. this is defining Who am i my career yeah <laughs> um It feels such like a cop-out. But the first word that comes to mind is fun. That's why. Fun. Yeah, yeah. I
0: think that's a great classification of your brand of comedy.
1: That's the entire reason why I'm doing all this is to give off positivity and all that.
0: So. Well, you're accomplishing it. You're very Thank fun, you. a very fun person to be around, very fun player to play with. I'm really excited. You're gonna jump on Jerry tonight because I Thank think it's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dane. That mm-hmm. was great. Uh we're gonna shift to the final segment of this uh podcast where we do some improv. Oh
2: boy. Uh, okay. Oh boy, okay.
0: I I sprung this on Dane right as he sat down. So uh, you know, don't judge us too hard. This is my sixth set of the day. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I've recorded six podcasts in a row. So we um so I'll ask you, I have a little random random word generator in front of me. Do you want a random word, a location, a starting relationship? Oh you want a profession, an emotion, uh, an opening line. I have so many genres. I things. love just
1: straight up words. I up think word. word gets us straight the up most. Word. Yeah.
0: All right. Universe. Universe.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our program here. Um, thank you so much for joining our telethon. Uh, we've been on the line now for over 16 hours, and we've raised just over $40,000. So thank you all uh, for, for all of your contributions.
0: Yes, that's right. Thank you so much. We're very excited about being able to, um, to raise this money in 40000 40, is that what you said? For
1: just over $40,000. Just
0: over $40,000, and that's all thanks to you, our wonderful listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am blown away at the generosity of of this country you know i'm not used to this in in australia new Mm -hmm. zealand you know it's it's people are closed pinchers is Mm -hmm. what we call it it's closed pinchers they keep their money tight
1: and uh, americans they just want to throw it at whatever they can i can see it they're
0: just whipping it at Mm -hmm. people someone Mm -hmm. threw a quarter at me yesterday and i said thank you very much sir
1: your bruise is looking healthy by the way
0: thank you i appreciate it i appreciate it
1: so our, our cause here tonight is is something that is very important to both of us. Yes. Um, it's it's uh, helping children in need. Uh, Absolutely. Which, I mean, how can you deny? Um,
0: what what else could we be raising money for? What else is worth it? Well,
1: there's a lo- there's a lot that we could be raising. I money for,
0: I disagree. But, I think there's nothing more important than children. Okay. That's it.
1: Mm-hmm. Just children. I can feel okay.
0: your fury. All of a mm-hmm. sudden, we're on the air. We're listen, on the air listen. right now. You can't get mad at me. When I say things, I can. How dare you? We are on the air right now. I, they can hear you. They can hear you. They can't hear me. Why exactly. can hear you?
1: Just because you're putting your hand I over I the put microphone. My hand
0: over the microphone. They can't hear, they can me can right hear you right now. No, they cannot.
1: Okay. I hear you through my headphones. Okay. I think you're imagining things.
0: Okay. Uh, you know, right now, we need to focus. We on need the to children. Ra- raise
1: the money for. We need to children.
0: focus on the future, and mm-hmm. the future is the children.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, not only that, but there are. A lot of things in the future that you don't know, what's going to happen next. No. Um, you could, for example, you could turn off this TV right now if you wanted to.
0: But you shouldn't. But you
1: shouldn't. And you shouldn't. You're not, not going to. No. Because then you'd be turning away the children.
0: Exactly. And th- how fucking dare, how dare you? you? How fucking dare you? <laughs> I know I'm going to get bleeped out for that. Yeah. yeah you should. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's
1: Ronnie. Can how's the sound check? <laughs>
0: it's it's fine. Uh, we'll bleep it in, in post. In post, we're, we're live, live, Ronnie. Post. Yeah, There's we're no live. Host here. Well, uh, it's it's three seventy seventeen in the morning. I think it's gonna be fine. I think All that's right. a, honestly yeah. just sidebar. You, you put <laughs> you, you keep putting me. your hand over the mic. Listen, they I, can still hear. I have hear. a problem with Ronnie.
1: Do I, you really? I
0: do have a problem with Ronnie. I don't like that. You know, this is supposed to be a professional recording. Mm-hmm. I came yeah. here from another country. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Yeah, and I I mean we put together the team that we had. Um, Unfortunately, our main sound guy was out. He did had, you hire yeah. Ronnie? I did. I I liked his tie. Honestly, when he showed up, to, right. yeah, that makes sense. All right. It was it had birds on it. It was a tie with birds. Are you going to turn away a tie with birds, or...
0: folks? We need your donations now more than the ever. children. The children, are, children are, are suffering, suffering every day. We need we need these funds mm-hmm. in order to to create better education Mm -hmm. for them.
1: To hire top quality professional people for future recordings.
0: Yes, educators. Mm -hmm. And yes, listen, the children can only change this world, if they have recording devices <laughs> and if they have good teachers to teach them how to use those recording exactly, devices.
1: Exactly. Look
0: at the impact that TikTok has had on our society.
1: It's just I mean, it's it's like a virus. It's everywhere.
0: It is everywhere. And these children are using their telephones mm-hmm. to do such It is uh, uh, ridiculous that they're not using cameras and microphones like we are here Mm -hmm. in this studio, and they need this equipment. If
1: you watch a football game, do you think that they're recording on a phone? No. No, No. they're recording on professional video
0: equipment. And
1: drones and
0: cameras on wires that scoop down into the field.
1: Somebody's got to control that, and it's if you have a kid on a phone all day they'll never know they'll never know what it's like
0: your tv and film is at risk right Mm -hmm. now your whole uh, film life is at risk Mm -hmm. right now
1: you (laughs) could be subjected to propaganda if you don't
0: what's the last piece of propaganda that you experienced Joe
1: for me yeah it was um bananas at my elementary school, there were posters of bananas, and huh. so, a, a, they were trying to encourage kids to eat it. The children, by the way, they need our help. They, they, need, need, our they help. need our help. They, they They'll believe
0: any poster you put <laughs> in there. They, their, they in will in eyesight. because
1: these posters at my elementary school they were designed to help kids eat healthy lunches and i eventually did start eating healthy lunches mm, mm. i didn't feel like i did that under my own free will no. i felt like i was brainwashed
0: you were propagandized into mm. a healthy existence i was and that's not all that's right. not okay. that, is not, that okay. is not okay we have to stop this before the children become too healthy mm-hmm. before they use their telephones to make the tiktoks if we I have had, to stop it
1: if i had professional recording equipment at that age i could have recorded the propaganda mm-hmm. and then Submitted it and and distributed it to the proper authorities.
0: And what sort of propaganda would you have started? You know, if you were, you're seeing this banana propaganda mm-hmm. all over the building and you think, okay, I, I think I'll eat a banana. And then you're like, nah, this poster told me to eat this banana. Fuck this poster. Mm-hmm. You can cut that. You be, um, Right. I got it that time. Okay, see, he's, he's, good. he's, he's learning. Yeah, he's learning. He learning. But you know what? How do you combat the big banana farmer institutes of America?
1: You have to start at the bottom. Yes. Um, and this is uh, this is once I realized this as a kid, this became my mission. Yes. Um, so I I like once I I was sort of like a banana vigilante. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working the underground scene of the banana industry, trying to find sources, trying to find details dirty laundry, anything I could get my hands Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And you'll never guess what I came across. The Holy Grail. Was it? People
0: think. Was it Chiquita uh, ja, Banana himself? Chiquita? Chiquita Banana himself? The the Chiquita Banana? The Mr. Chiquita Banana? you know how
1: hard he is to access? That's what I,
0: I was shocked. I thought for a moment you were going to say, I found the Mr. Chiquita Banana. He has
1: a military compound.
0: I believe it.
1: And I got in. No, yeah. Joe. Yeah.
0: how how is this not how and does is, how does the world not know your name?
1: I, I've kept it all a secret until right now because the children, the I children wanted to make sure need that the our children help. Need our help. But I was able to get in as a seven year old because, first of all, my dad looked kind of like one of the guards, so I came up with a picture of my dad and Inside I said, "Hey, job. I'm lost." Yeah can you help me find my dad? And then the guy was like, hey, that looks like me. Put him in a chokehold.
0: Oh, eight, seven? (laughs) Eight, Eight seven? seven. This is (laughs) why the children need our help. Because a uh, seven-year-old should not be in charge of putting grown men into Mm chokeholds. That's what the the technology and equipment is for.
1: That poster was next, the the, the chokehold poster was next to the banana poster. I believe it. So I was brainwashed into learning how to choke hold adults as a seven-year-old
0: this is disgusting if
1: i had a camera at that time i could have taken a proper video recording of both the banana and the chokehold picture exactly. and i wouldn't be here right now you
0: can you put that out into the world and you would be you would be a normal human being mm-hmm. instead of joe raising money for propaganda <laughs> pieces yes. you know yes.
1: The, that's why the kids need our help. That's the why most. they
0: need our help, and it's imperative that you keep calling in. Yeah. And I found that the, the lines have gone silent. Since they, we've they, they actually have gone the silent. This segment that's so we can't stop at forty thousand dollars. Just over
1: forty thousand.
0: We can't know, stop yeah. there. We have to hit mm-hmm. our goal of a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. We have to do it, or the children they they won't survive. Mm-hmm. They won't.
1: Could you? What if I went up to that man with a and showed him a TikTok?
0: What do you think will happen?
1: I think that I would have gotten arrested. I
0: think so. I think he Because I was would have a 7-year-old. Gotten... I think a he would have choked you. He would have. I think so. Mm-hmm. If all you had looked at was the banana propaganda and not the chuckle propaganda, then what would have happened to you in that moment?
1: I I I don't want to imagine.
0: I don't either. I don't think you'd be standing here right I w- now. I,
1: w- I would not be standing here. I think you'd How come you get a seat and I have to stand? Well, <laughs> that's... that's
0: I mean, I'm you know, obviously the lead in this production. So
1: oh so you just let me come back from commercial you, yeah. you just let me have that one yeah i'd
0: like to do that uh, why do you think i've come back from commercial let's have a sidebar. I, I,
1: just you me. can't put the I hand can, over the microphone it's, it's, that it's still, t- that's how
0: it works right um yeah sure. yeah yeah ronnie okay. doesn't know
1: he he's back Listen, he ronnie, doesn't know
0: Ronnie, yeah. he's an idiot we can agree on that he has nice ties he has really nice mm-hmm. shirts and ties well, it is, I don't even remember why it called this cyber. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> you, you're trying to tell me that we are equals in this. And I, I am clearly allowing you to take the lead at okay. times, just
1: because they flew you in.
0: Exactly, I am a big fucking deal. Yeah,
1: you're you're, here, you're the you're the show. I'm the brains. You're the right. only right, you're just All the right. face. All yeah. right, yeah. you
0: know what? I'll take it because I have a beautiful face.
1: Oh yeah, why, yeah. Are, you, why are you doing? Uh, oh, I, I was going to call this radio. But it I is just not realized radio. We're on TV. We have cameras. Wait, why aren't I on of? TV? You're, you're the only the one, one <laughs>
0: standing. You have to sit down on the floor or <laughs> squat if you want to be on the camera.
1: So, yeah, what? The world is is not entertained by my chest.
0: I mean, maybe they are. It is a great chest. I will give you that. You, you have a lovely chest. Thank you. I don't know why you decide to wear a, a white tank top, but it is a beautiful. I chest. thought you're
1: for the children. And, I, I just it figured. is for the
0: children, and you know what? You've got to show off that body for the children. Please, we need <laughs> we your need donations. <laughs> okay, that's what. I
2: said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was
0: so weird. I loved it. Every single one of these I've done today has been wackier and weirder than the last. <laughs> so I feel like I'm losing my mind. i um, so into it. Dane, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me today. I know this isn't going to be the last time I, I call you in here because we have to do another podcast about your court. Uh, cases but is there anything else that you want to plug or how can people find more of Dane do you have a website or social media or anything like that people can can come check you out Uh, I I
1: do have some social media and uh honestly the best way to interact with me is to just talk to me in person and I'm here all the time yes yes he is (laughs) he really is um and, and so like that's uh that's the way I guess I would I would wish someone to to interact with me if I don't know you please don't hesitate to reach out and like meet me uh, again, just cause my face is on the wall and I'm super famous <laughs> doesn't mean that, that I'm too big. Uh, but I, uh, yeah. So hopefully, uh, get to meet you and talk to you soon.
0: Yeah, you can take a class with Dane um, uh, by checking out Dallas Comedy Club Training Center um, You can check out all of our current class offerings. And Dane, like I said, teaches short form and long form, depending on which one of those sounded more fun based on our conversation today. Because we gave you a nice little crash course on both. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also watch Dane as part of the DCC club team or not club team, the DCC uh, uh, staff team called Jerry. And uh, the, the reason why it's called Jerry is for another podcast. We'll, right. we'll get into it another time. Um, and you can find out the, uh, it's every Saturday night at uh, 8 p.m. Is that when we perform yeah, it? Yeah, sure. every Saturday night at 8 p.m. at Dallas Comedy Club. Uh, you can also just check out a full calendar by going to dallas-comedyclub.com and clicking on our current calendar under shows. That's it, folks. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I have been your host, Kimberly Alou, which you all already knew. Stay safe out there, folks.